Hello and welcome back to another episode of the It's a Crime O'Clock Somewhere podcast. This is episode 31. Today I'll be talking about the Crawley family murders. My sources for today's episode are the documentary A Gray State on Discovery Plus, The New Yorker, TwinCities.com, Wikipedia, Good.is, and Fox News 9. As usual, all of my sources will be linked in the show notes. David Crawley was an obsessed man. He was obsessed with making a gray state. He was obsessed with finishing it. He was obsessed with conspiracy theories, and later he became obsessed with the spirits. According to The New Yorker, David described his movie as a film about the collapse of society under martial law. His friends and partners in the film said David wanted his cause to be out there and didn't care so much about the fame part, but later we will see that was not true. However, they said he wanted to control the film, and many said he wanted to control his wife, Camille, and his daughter, Rania, as well. Saying all the time, he screamed, get there, get there. And David only showed you one time how to do something, and he hated it if you had to go back and ask questions about it. What is Grace Day? state is less a movie than it is a warning. We do not live in a dictatorship, but we do live in a police state. What we're going to see is the unveiling of this gray state foisted upon America. The thing that you have to begin to understand about conspiracy theory is that at some point, it's no longer theory. You talk about peak oil, you talk about FEMA camps, you talk about global warming, you talk about the UN, you talk about the NWO. They're prepping for mega death. Once the red carpet gets rolled out for this New World Order program, everything is free game. The bastard of it all is that you've heard of everything. So what you just heard was David talking about his film, but his friend Danny Mason was the co-creator and actor in the film. They were very close until David started to withdraw from everyone and everything. David wrote the script, he made several trailers, he composed the music, he got the permits for filming, and drew storyboards. In 2012, he finally released a trailer and it blew up. David's social media following increased and so did his appearances for his film. His wife Camille was his biggest cheerleader. He met Camille while he was in the army stationed in Iraq in 2006, and they got engaged and married on May 22, 2008. People were shocked that they decided to move so quickly, but they were happy, so no one tried to stop them. David called me and said, hey, I met this girl, and um, we're getting married. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, we're getting married in two weeks. Um, I said, I heard you were seeing somebody for a couple months, but wow. David, would you have this woman, Camille, to, to be your lawfully wedded wife? Will you love, honor, and keep her in sickness and in health and forsaken all others, keep you only unto her so long as you both shall live? The way that Camille would speak of David, it felt very... 
high school, I think is the only way, the best way to describe it. Um, kind of that first love, the puppy love, infatuation. It seemed very sweet, but always would make me question how that can go on for so long. After David and Camille got married, he was deployed back to Afghanistan, which was a shock to David. He thought he would be discharged. He was struggling the second time around and was afraid of being killed. What the stop laws did to his worldview and how he described it to me uh, was that he had a breakdown. I was stop lost. I was involuntarily held by the military for 15 months. I was forced to deploy against my will. Had to leave my brand new wife at home. And I come back from that very uh, disgruntled, to say the least. Nothing good ever comes out of a deployment except for, well, a body count. David and Camille's daughter, Rania, was born on August 6, 2009. David made it clear to Camille that he didn't want any more children. In 2009, David enrolled in film school and worked on Gray State, while Camille worked full-time as a dietitian and supported the family. David worked on the concept trailer from 2010 to summer 2012. In fall 2012, his trailer came out, and David started to become different. Like, whatever you told him, it's just he wasn't trusting it. He had gone through this transformation on that deployment. You know, it, it shocks the system, and you start looking at the world differently. Hey guys, David Crowley from the Gray State Project. Tonight I'm going to be shooting a little bit for the documentary Gray State The Rise. It's something that I've been picturing for the awakening moment that is the eyes opening to appreciate the truth about our surroundings and our reality. Shh, shh, shh. So I'm using my wife, Camille, as the main subject. She ends up being in most of my projects. In that last clip, you can kind of hear the dynamic of David and his daughter and his wife. Camille was also withdrawn. However, she didn't have many friends to begin with. Camille always made comments that she wished she had more friends, but it seemed like David didn't allow her to. Two years after David's trailer came out, he received an offer for a developmental deal. His deal was with Michael O'Donnell and Mike Baggio of Michael Entertainment Group in L.A. The way I would pitch this thing is America's finally had enough. It's the population of this country has had enough of a corrupt government, and they make a stand. I think to this day, there's still a built-in audience for a film like this. David did a phenomenal job grassrooting this project. You know, we see all that from our aspect, and everything that David put into this is was phenomenal in our eyes just because of, of, of how he this thing grew. It took on its own legs and grew and grew and grew and grew. This is our June 29th meeting. Uh, we're sitting at a pub on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood. We all did a celebratory shot and to conduct new business. David was very laid back, very, very calm. Uh, in that meeting, it was just very, very, very professional. No sense of just, you know, hitting his, hitting his lines or, you know. No, I never got that impression at all. If he was acting, he was one of the best actors I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. They told David that his film would be better as a TV series. He lashed out. 
Pen Pen, we hate you. Uh, Mike's meeting two. The outline. Projecting power, confidence. Talk fast. Talk fast, easy, and project. <sighs> Como's right. Como's right. You're wearing something black. You got to show some arm veins. Uh, watch on the left wrist. Bracelets on the right. Uh, a necklace that's long enough to be tucked in, nothing too flashy. Just enough to indicate that you're confident with your personality. Right. I'm not a fleece, you know. I'm not just a quick fleece. You're talking to me because this is my project. <sighs> that transition's weak. Um, I had 4,000, first of all, I had 4,000 fans before there was even a concept trailer. And I dropped it to those people, and it ballooned to 32,000 that you see today. These are the proverbial fish in a barrel that every time you say New World Order, they get out their wallets. <clears throat> so, uh, how are the rewrites? This will probably start it. How are the rewrites? First thing you're going to do is see what they do to each other. If they look at each other, are they measuring me right now? All right. Like, I see one produce, just one producer credit on your IMDb. This tells me that either, this is either MEG's first production, or you guys have something else in mind. Remember, you're achieving a dominant position by matching their, matching their experience with your enthusiasm. So let them answer, but your wrap-up now. Here's the sunset on your beautiful day with your partnership with the mics. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to express it. I'm I'm I got chills actually. It's the most divisive I've ever heard in my life. It's not the David who I met. They called his behavior psychotic. It seems like something in David snapped. He didn't sleep, and his friend said his eyes were sunken in and he was thin. Camille was told that she couldn't see her family anymore. Her sister showed up in October after driving 16 hours from Texas to their Apple Valley, Minnesota home. David told her she couldn't see Camille anymore. Camille's mother became ill, and David didn't even show one ounce of compassion for her. Camille began to feel like her and David were separating. During Rania's birthday party the last birthday party she would ever get to have, their friends could see it. They barely spoke to each other and they could feel the tension. They also moved on from Christianity and started talking about the spirits. David stopped using his social media or returning phone calls. He turned on his friends. In an August journal entry, he wrote, They called his behavior psychotic. It seems like something in David snapped. He didn't sleep and his friends said his eyes were sunken in and he was very thin. Camille also was told she couldn't see her family anymore. In October, after driving 16 hours from Texas to their Apple Valley, Minnesota home, David told her she couldn't see Camille anymore. Camille's mother became ill, and David didn't show one ounce of compassion for her. Camille began to feel like her and David were separating. During Rania's birthday party, the last birthday party she would ever get to have, their friends could see it. They barely spoke to each other, and they could feel the tension. They moved on from Christianity as well and started talking about the spirits. David stopped using his social media or returning phone calls. His, he turned on his friends. In a journal entry, he wrote, September 8th, 2014, there was a journal entry. The universe may want me to destroy Danny Mason since he has given indication that he wants to stand in my way. What a fool. Convert him to my cause or destroy him. His next actions will decide. 
David and Camille started to plan together that they couldn't be here any longer and had to take Rania with them. October 30th, 2014, there was a journal entry that said, Camille got raptured today, period. She's still here. It's, um, it was hard to hear when I first listened because there was some background noise in the room. I didn't realize there was anything on here. from Home Depot with a bunch of wood to build a compost bin, have lunch with Coma, and uh, suddenly she began to shake and weep and um, howl, um, as if, at, like, like someone had died, and uh, um, she sat down, she said, this is what rapture is, you gotta give me some time, can I just lay here and yeah. Do you not, do you want, I was just trying to remember everything. Okay. If you want to contribute, you can help me remember. Okay. Just a few months later, on January 17th, 2015, David, Camille, and Rania were dead. Judy and Colin Prochnow, the, their neighbors, noticed that they had Christmas presents on their front step. Colin walked over to move the presents, and he heard their dog barking. He rang the doorbell and walked over to the window. He then saw three bodies. I saw one body that was probably, oh, maybe about six to eight feet away from the window. And then I noticed that there was a, another body, uh, maybe six to seven feet away from the first one. And I noticed that there was a little body that looked like it was almost in the second body's arms. reporting suspicious behavior next door, way over to the home, to the right of the RP, sees dead bodies inside the house, dog inside, sees a gun in the house on the floor. It was very obvious to the police very quickly that David had killed his wife and daughter, and then himself. When the police walked into the home, the dog had been through the remains and physical evidence. A playlist called Ascent had been playing a list, a list of 53 songs. Allah Akbar was written in Camille's blood on the wall. It meant God is great. 
A Corin prayer was lying open in line between the bodies. David's gun, a forty caliber, was lying next to him as well. In David's office, he wrote, quote, Open the rise, submit to Allah now, end quote. The memorial was held January 28th. Many of David's supporters and conspiracy theorists believe David was killed because of his movie and that they killed his family too and tried to frame him. There was also a sliding glass door that was slightly open and no suicide note, which the police have commented on as well. A Justice for David Facebook page was created. No wonder it was catnip for conspiracy theorists. Hello, this is Dan Hennon, along with Greg Fernandez Jr. for another installment of the Crawley Case Updates. Today is June 4th, 2016, and uh, we've got some updates on the case. So uh, how are you doing today, Greg? I'm doing good. It's, it's hot, but that's okay. Good, good. I don't give a crap about credibility at all. Credibility means nothing to me. What I care about is truth. I'm not in law enforcement. I don't have a background in detective work, but how it happened, I would say it's undetermined. You've got no suicide note. There's no motive. And they said that out of their way to say that the blood test on the wall written Allah Akbar was the blood of Komel Crowley. Right. Well, who wrote the blood? Once you get into this wrong territory, once you start treading into these waters, um, there is a backlash uh, against you by some shadow entity who knows what it is, but you start pushing the wrong buttons to the elite, so to say, and there is payback. I honestly hate these kinds of people. It was the same thing in the Lisa Lamb Netflix documentary. The police have come to the conclusion that David killed his family and himself. Each died with a single gunshot wound to the head. It seems like most people, even David's family, have come to terms with what happened, but that David wasn't himself at the time of the murders. It's such a sad and horrific case, and while we can speculate, I wonder what really happened that day, and if the recordings of David and Camille were in fact them planning the, this together. They loved each other so much, maybe even too much, and were together every step of the way. An innocent child was also killed in the process, and my heart breaks for everyone involved. David's dog, Paleo, now lives with his brother, Dan. My book recommendation for this week is The Holiday by T.M. Logan. Summary, seven days, three families, one killer. It was supposed to be the perfect holiday. A group of families enjoying a week together in the sun. Four women who have been best friends for as long as they can remember, making the most of a luxurious villa in the south of France. But Kate has a secret. Her husband is having an affair, and a week away might just be the perfect opportunity to get the proof she needs, to catch him in the act once and for all, because she suspects the other woman is one of her two best friends. One of them is working against her, willing to sacrifice years of friendship to destroy her family. But which one? As, clo as Kate closes in on the truth in the stifling Mediterranean heat, she realizes too late that the stakes are far higher than she ever imagined, because someone in the villa may be prepared to kill to keep their secret hidden. I've read several books like this where a group of friends go on a vacation and secrets come to light. They're all similar but different in their own ways. I like this book because you have one main narrator, but there are also chapters from other points of view. I also like the dynamic between the friends. They've been friends for so long, and they are now in their 40s, but they start to realize maybe they don't truly know each other anymore. I give this book an 8 out of 10. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. Please subscribe, rate, review, recommend, etc. I'll be back next week with an all-new case and book recommendation. And remember, it's crime o'clock somewhere.